This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast, a weekly show to help you prioritize your health, happiness, and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane. Enjoy the podcast. is sponsored by Katrina Burke Coaching, helping caring professionals create a life of balance and flow. Katrina has a range of programs available for teachers and school leaders. So for more information, go to katrinaburkecoaching.com.au. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk more about self-care. If you haven't already listened to episode six of season one, which was called What is Self-Care? I highly recommend you go back and listen to that one before you listen to this one, because I do dive in a little bit more in depth into what my definition of self-care is. Um, There is a little bit of a, um, there's a few different definitions out there in the space. You know, some people only count self-care as manicures and massages. And um, obviously my definition is a lot more broad than that. There's also a medical definition, which is a bit more about um, like if you have some instructions from a doctor, uh, you know, following surgery or if you're unwell and you're prescribed medication and you have to follow those instructions at home, uh, that is a medical definition of self-care. Uh, and, of course, there's preventative health care as well, things like eating right, exercising, getting enough sleep that in the long term uh, add up cumulatively to prevent you hopefully getting preventable diseases and that is also self-care so all of that is rolled into one in my definition of self-care it all counts and I also include uh, mental and emotional and spiritual self-care so uh, working with a coach getting therapy going to church whatever your version of tending to your mental and emotional and spiritual well-being is that is also an important part of self-care so that's just a little bit of background Um, In today's episode, I really want to talk about a couple of concepts that take that a step further. So within those ideas of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, and personal care, so all those different facets of self-care, I also believe that there is a resourceful and an unresourceful way to do that. So resourceful self-care is the self-care that's good for you now, and it's good for you in the long run as well. Um, It may be self-soothing practices that um, help you feel better in the moment, uh, but the resourceful self-care would be the kinds of self-care that also help you feel better long-term. So they don't um, undermine your long-term well-being with a short-term quick fix. Um, The Probably the best example of unresourceful self-care, and I think it's controversial to probably call it self-care, but is having a glass of wine after work to de-stress. That actually does help you in the moment to de-stress. So it's a way of um, caring for that emotional need or that mental need of feeling stressed. But of course, as a long-term strategy, it's actually not very good for your well-being. So uh, that is an example of unresourceful self-care. So really resourceful self-care is good for you now and in the long run. And it's also good for the people around you. Now, I'm not talking about, for example, when you say no to somebody, because saying no and setting boundaries is a a kind of self-care. 
and uh, and it might upset them or it might cause them a bit of an inconvenience if you say no now. That's not that's not what I mean by that's not unresourceful just because that other person is annoyed that you have set a boundary. But there are a lot of times where the practices that are resourceful self-care are good for you now and in the long run and that also means that you're going to be able to show up better for others too. Uh, so the other thing I want to touch on today is that we often have um, there's kind of two versions of ourselves in our head. There is the the reality and then there is our ideal reality or, or this, the fantasy self it's sometimes called. Um, in her book, The Happiness Project, Gretchen Rubin devotes a whole chapter to doing things that are more fun. Um, she wants more fun in her life and she feels that will help make her, ha- her happier. Uh, but she makes a really important discovery, which is that there are things that she thinks will be fun or that she wants to find fun because other people find them fun. But she actually, when she actually does them and is honest about those activities and the fact, you know, how she really feels when she's honest about them is that she doesn't really find them fun. Maybe she's trying to fit in with society or who, or that, that sort of version of the idealized self. I wish I was the kind of person who did X, Y, Z, uh, but actually in reality, she didn't enjoy those things. But one of the other things that she realized was that she did discover some things that she enjoyed or that she found fun that she was a bit embarrassed about, or she was embarrassed to admit because she thought that they were too silly or, you know, childish or quote unquote, not cool enough. Um, And so as part of her happiness project, she decided to embrace those things, one of which was reading children's literature. And now she actually runs, I think, four children's book clubs for adults. So they're adults reading children's books. Um, And she also produces materials for, you know, to help other people run their own children's book clubs because she realized when she blogged about that and wrote it in her book that lots of other people actually shared that passion and a lot of other people had had the same experience of feeling like oh that's childish I shouldn't be enjoying that as an adult um and and that really excited me because um I absolutely loved how she gave herself permission to be true to what she actually found fun and she also confronted that part of her that wished that she was the kind of person who found certain other activities fun um and I'm I think we can all relate to that for example I have always wished that I was the kind of person that could relax and enjoy TV and movies that are slightly violent. Um, I have a really, really low threshold for what my version of scary is. <laughs> and even though it's, uh, especially in high school, you know, it got um, it was very uncool for me to not want to be watching scary movies. Um, but even now as an adult, things like Game of Thrones and Outlander, even, you know, those kind of, TV shows where I, I actually really like the storyline and I want to watch those shows, but the overall experience for me is not fun because uh, I, I end up having nightmares about the, you know, the violent scenes. Um, so I have had to actually just go, you know what? The truth is this isn't good for me, even if there's parts of it that I think, oh, I really, you know, kind of enjoy that. Um, enjoy the storyline of Game of Thrones, but I, I can't handle the rest of the show, so I just don't watch it. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's really important to confront when there are some things in your life that you do that you don't actually really enjoy or they don't light you up, but maybe you do them because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses or because somebody in your life enjoys it and you 
want to be able to enjoy it with them, but you actually really don't enjoy it. Um, I think that's why the the recent craze of, you know, those adult colouring books, I think that's also part of the reason that's so popular because people finally feel that they have permission to do an activity that they loved as a child but that they felt they weren't really allowed to do once they'd grown up um, unless they were colouring in with their own children or, you know, maybe if they work in a preschool or early early childhood context, which I'm sure some of you listening have experienced that and that's maybe one of the things that you love about your job is that you get to do some of those fun kid activities because it's part of your job uh, and you don't have to feel embarrassed by that or like, oh, you're a grown-up so you shouldn't be doing those things. But, I mean, really, what's the point of being a grown-up if you can't do some of those things that are just fun just because anyway, right? So I think part of self-care is is giving yourself permission to own the things that really light you up and that really that you really enjoy. And in terms of prioritising and nourishing yourself, there's an endless list of activities that you could list as self-care. You know, it's not just getting a manicure and um, getting a massage and getting your hair done and those kind of personal care activities. Um, but it's important to remember that not every activity will speak to you or make you feel cared for in the way that it does for others. There is no one size fits all here. Um, so you are, you know, unique. You're a unique, incredible human with your own wants and needs. And some things that you really enjoy will seem really boring or a waste of time to others. And even more than that, some things that someone else might do because it makes them feel indulged or nourished might actually make you feel crap, actually, you know, but are you allowing yourself to be honest with yourself about that? Sometimes not because you don't want to admit that actually I don't enjoy that. Everyone else seems to love that thing, but I don't like it. Well, that doesn't make me feel good. Um, It's totally okay to be honest about that. And So that actually also feeds into that idea of self-awareness and being aware of your um, personality and differentiating your self-care for what actually works for you uh, and the type of person that you are, which I I did also cover in episode 18 of season one. So go back and listen to that one too if you haven't yet because it's a good one Um, and it can help you just identify, you know, for example, if you're an introvert, then at the end of a long week on Friday night, it you know, It may not feel good to you to go out and party with your friends. You might actually prefer to have a night in recharge and do the partying on Sunday or socializing on Sunday when you've kind of recharged your your battery. Uh, Whereas for an extrovert, that might be the, the thing that they need on a Friday night is to go and let their hair down, hang out with their friends and forget about the week. And staying in uh, and, you know, having a quiet night might actually be the opposite of what would make them feel good in that moment. So I guess I have a little uh, assignment for you today, which is to take some time to brainstorm some activities, you know, start with three activities that make you feel truly cared for, that when you do them for yourself, uh, you feel really looked after and nourished and see how many you can list, but try for at least three. So make sure that they're things that you truly enjoy, that are good for you and that feel indulgent or abundant. Um, and get really honest. Do not write down anything that you think you should do. So if, for example, exercising is something that you know you should do, but you actually don't um, love it, then maybe this isn't the one that goes on your list. It's it's maybe one of your shoulds, one of your, your preventative healthcare activities, but maybe you want to list something else here that you 
when you do it every time it makes you feel really good and it's good for you so the resourceful things that you can do to look after yourself um also really good to be aware here of if you're writing down anything that you feel like uh, is a thing that you wish you were the kind of person who enjoyed you know for example for a long time I wished I was the kind of person that enjoyed team sports um, and actually I don't so I just don't play team sports now however I do really enjoy exercise and this was not always the case um, but these days I really do enjoy certain types of exercise so going to yoga makes me feel really cared for. It makes me feel really good. Also, going for a lovely walk in, you know, around a local park with a podcast, that makes me feel really cared for and really nurtured. Makes me feel like I'm practicing excellent self-care when I do those things. And going to the gym, I know a lot of people don't enjoy the gym, but it turns out when I stop trying to force myself to do group kind of gym classes you know like actually just doing my own little gym routine I really enjoy that so that's one of my activities most of the time that falls under making me feel really cared for if I'm really tired the exercise at the gym can start to fall under the should category and, and so in those in those times I'm just self-aware and I pay attention to whether that's my body trying to say to me hang on maybe rest is what you need right now or is it a time where I can go, no, look, I know I'll feel better afterwards. Then once you have a list of things that make you feel really good, really cared for, your kind of resourceful self-care list, now do the opposite. Write down three things that make you feel uncared for. So by yourself. I'm not talking about activities, you know, things that other people do that make you feel uncared for. I'm talking about things that you do that actually don't fill your own self-care tank. So they could be things that you either wish you like to do or you feel you should do. Um, remember, those are the things that you're leaving out of the previous step, so it could be there. Or it could also be just things that downright make you feel yuck um, and that you know are bad for you. So it could be those unresourceful um, self-care activities. So things like drinking too much and ending up with a hangover the next morning, you know, that's maybe one of those activities where you think, yeah, that just does not make me feel good. I'm going to stop doing that to myself and look at the underlying reason. What need is it filling in me when I actually go and do that? What's the trigger for me to go and do that? Maybe I'll look at a more resourceful way to meet that need. You know, for me, emotional eating is something that I do struggle with if I'm really upset and a more resourceful way to meet that need instead of going and, you know, stuffing my face with some, um, potato chips would be to actually talk to somebody about what I'm upset about or maybe do some journaling or I could go for a walk in the park with a podcast you know those are all things that will make me feel really um they help me self self-soothe or they make me feel really cared for and so therefore in that moment where I may be about to reach for the chocolate bar um out of a sense of uh wanting to numb my strong emotions well what's a more healthy more resourceful way to actually care for myself in that moment so whatever ends up on your list it's really important to be honest about both sides it can be uncomfortable uh, but it can also be really liberating to finally admit and maybe it's for the first time that you actually allow yourself to admit that you actually you know don't enjoy something or that something truly doesn't feel good to you 
that you've either been forcing yourself to do or been doing because you were trying to keep up with somebody in your life or you felt like you should be doing it. Um, and it's uncomfortable sometimes to ad- admit when we are actually doing things that are maybe meeting our needs short term but not in the long term. Um, and, you know, in this activity, if that's what you're coming up with, just note, note it down with objective interest. It's important to have compassion for yourself. Don't judge yourself. You know, remind yourself that there's no right or wrong. It's only what's true for you. So if you're doing this activity with a partner or a friend and you've got really different lists, that's okay. And if uncomfortable emotions come up, just observe them. You might like to affirm for yourself something like, even though I feel embarrassed about my habit of emotional eating, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Or you might say, I own every part of myself. I love and approve of me. My personal favorite mantra uh, is I am enough already and always. So there's some mantras that you could use if if this is an uncomfortable activity, but you might like to journal about why it's uncomfortable. And you might like to then go and actually do some of the practices that are the, the things that make you feel really cared for. So some of the things on my list are um, I do like getting a massage. That's actually one of the things that one of the self-care practices that make me feel really nurtured. But um, so that may not be one for you. And it's again, it's important to acknowledge maybe you're not a person that likes a lot of physical touch. That's okay. One thing that really makes me feel cared for is paying my bills on time. And one thing that really doesn't make, you know, that makes me feel really uncared for is leaving bills till the last minute. I hate that feeling. Sometimes it happens just because life is life. But, you know, that's something that for me makes me feel cared for is to make sure that I'm on top of those things. Another thing in my cared for list is making sure that I get my thyroid levels checked on time um, and that I see my regular doctor. Uh, So if I am ringing up to make an appointment and and I can't fit in with, uh, you know, can't get an appointment um, with my normal doctor, then I would rather wait uh, a week or two, you know, until my doctor's available, than go and see a new doctor that I've never had anything to do with before. Because that's something that makes me feel really uncared for, for myself. So it's important to note that. Another thing, you know, I think my version of the Gretchen Rubin children's books thing one thing that I used to feel a little bit embarrassed about was um, I really love watching Grand Designs and I have a big crush on Kevin MacLeod. Uh, so when I'm feeling really stressed, if I can find Grand Design reruns on the internet or on you know ABC iView or whatever, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> I will watch those even when I've seen the episode before because it's just something that makes me feel good. Uh, but meanwhile, my husband kind of laughs at me a bit for that because he doesn't understand why I'd want to watch those same episodes over and over again. And that's cool. We don't have to agree on that. Um, Another example for me is I really love, I really love a good bath. And I think lots of people do. And that's the reason that I actually went to Japan for my 30th birthday this year was purely and solely so that I could go to Japanese onsens, which are their kind of hot springs and public baths. Uh, however, I'm really aware that um, sitting naked in hot water with 30 Japanese women that you don't know might not be everybody's uh, cup of tea or might not make other people feel cared for on their birthday, and that's okay too. So it's about being honest with what you enjoy 
with what makes you feel good and differentiating your self-care to meet those needs in a way that's resourceful um, and makes you feel good rather than that's unresourceful or that is something that you think you should do because you're trying to keep up with somebody or because it's not cool enough or whatever the reason. So that's your little activity for today. I'd love to hear how you go. And a quick reminder to head on over to katrinaburkecoaching.com.au to find out more about the programs and offerings from Katrina Burke, who is this week's podcast sponsor. All right. Have a great week, everybody. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. I'd love it also if you would leave a rating and review in iTunes and share it with your friends. This really helps the podcast reach more people and together we can spread the message of teacher wellbeing to create thriving school communities. Show notes for this episode can be found at selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. You can also find me at facebook.com forward slash selfcareforteachers and on Instagram my handle is at selfcareforteachers. So come along and follow me there. 